With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and today I have with me Two wonderful podcast hosts, co-hosts, and one of them, um, I decided I would match their number of podcasts that they're doing. So, <laughs> and that's Bex from Big Reputation Spot, among um, other myriad of podcasts that I'll let her mention when we're closing out. And then also from Liberty Diner Dish, and then also Pink Plate, I don't know, is Pink Plate Special still going, Michelle? It is. We had uh, the uh, strike kind of messed up some stuff because it's all about TV and movies, but it is technically still a thing. So we, yeah, so we're now we've got like this backlog of episodes that we're getting ready to release. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And then I don't know if you're still planning your book one too, because then we'll be in the threes club. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming, but it, it got pushed to 2024. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So we're all going to be in the threes club here. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so we're busy, busy podcasters. And I also want to mention that this is our last pop culture and fandom news episode for the year because next week is a special week because we're doing the best of 2023, which is a two-parter, which every year Sasha, Meg, Carla, and Aaron A. and I, we count down our 10 favorite TV shows, podcasts, movies, albums, whatever it was from the previous year. So that's why this is the last one for that. So what we're going to do, though, is we're going to kick it off with Bex telling me one thing in fandom or pop culture that you are into right now. All right. Awesome. Yes, I am going to talk about Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which is a Godzilla sequel slash spinoff. I guess um, it's on Apple TV. It's a it's a show, so that's why I'm like, uh, where where does it kind of fit into that universe? But it basically follows this organization called the Monarch Organization as they encounter like various titans, right? So you've got your Godzilla. You've got um, in the first episode, there's one that's like Mother Longlegs, which is just as creepy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um mantle claw there's a whole bunch of them that will be appearing and it's really cool it takes place in two different time periods so there's scenes from the 1950s and scenes from the 2010s basically 
in the 2010s, it it kind of takes place right after the events of the 2014 Godzilla movie. So I, I anybody who's seen that, I don't even know if I saw that one. I like Godzilla movies, but usually the ones in Japanese. <laughs> and so you have like these two half siblings, Kate and Kentaro, and one lives in San Francisco and the other one lives in, I think, Tokyo. And they don't know the other one exists until this first episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's that. But basically, they spend the series so far, because it's not over yet, looking for their father. And uh, he disappeared after the Godzilla attacks in California. So that's like the present, the quote unquote present day is the 2015, 2014. And then there are these flashback scenes to the 1950s, which are basically their grandparents, Kiko Mira and Bill Randa. And Bill Randa is played by this guy. Aaron, you would know his name, maybe, or you would at least know who I'm talking about. Because he was in the Mindy Project. He was like the tall, doofy, blonde nurse that was like in a later season. I can never remember his name. In a later season? He wasn't like there from the beginning? You know what? Uh, to be honest, I watched it once a long time ago. Maybe he was in it the whole time. His name is like Ander or something. It's not he Ander. He has a brother is it? too who's an actor, I believe. If Yeah, if it's that guy. That, yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think, what is his name? Ah. And you said Lanky? Uh, yeah, he's like a, he, I just, I've never seen him in a serious role and this one's a little more serious, so... Um, because are you thinking of I? Because Ike Barinholtz is the is the, is a nurse from the Mindy no, Project. No, not I. Not, oh, not him. I but maybe no maybe idea. he's not in the Mindy Project. I thought he was. Maybe I'm mixing. Anders Holm. Oh, ugh, he played Casey. No, he was. He wasn't. He wasn't. Okay. I, he wasn't a nurse. He was uh, one of. He was one of the love interests. Yeah, and I couldn't stand him. Everybody else loved him. I couldn't stand him. Anyway, but. You know, his character, it's, it's it's the first time I've seen him in like um in a more dramatic role and not as like a goofy side character kind of thing. Anyway, they're, they're scientists who are like, they start Monarch in the 1950s and they kind of build up this whole program. They search for Titans to study them. And of course, it's like the nuclear age and stuff. So they like the army just wants to blow them up. But. Uh, spoiler, Titans feed off of nuclear energy, so <laughs> that doesn't work out so well. Godzilla's like, mm, snack, thanks. <laughs> um, but one of the cool things I like about this show is that they actually, there's this character called Lee Shaw, and in the present day, he's played by Kurt Russell. Um, and in the 1950s part, he's actually played by Wyatt Russell. Oh, yeah. I've heard about this now because I was like, <laughs> I knew the name sounded familiar, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's like 90. He's supposed to be like 90, but he they make up some story about like why he looks like he's only 70 because Kurt Russell does not look 90. <laughs> There's still four more episodes to go. So hopefully it doesn't like fail me in the end but so far i'm really enjoying it <laughs> yeah because i saw an interview with both of them or something where they were both talking about that about acting together and doing something like that together so yeah i was so once you said that yep and i'm glad to like him because i 
did not like his character in um uh the Wyatt Wyatt Russell when he was in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. No, no, that's not what it was. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's the one. See, I didn't I didn't see that. Yeah. I also didn't see Captain America and the Winter Soldier because as people know, even though Tiff has told me it's okay, um, I do not like Captain America. Tiff has told me that that won't matter when you watch that one eventually. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I just wanted to put out who he was for people who might recognize it. So. No, no. I'm just saying for my – yes. I mean, I know the name and knew um, – I think there was something else he was in that I saw him in, but I can't remember now. Oh, but. gosh. Do they look so much alike, though? Like- they do. They look very similar. They do. They look very similar. Yeah. And Ishel, what are you into right now? Okay, so at Halloween, I went to a party and one of the girls there was dressed. She had on this like white uh, sweater, turtleneck thing and a skirt that was kind of like plaid patterns and some boots and her shirt had like all this red stuff on it that I thought was like pasta sauce. Oh, it was supposed to be blood. And she had some <laughs> knitting needles in her hair. And then like half of the part, well, about three fourths of the party was like, oh, that's so great. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is. Well, she was the character from Only Murders in the building. And so I was like, I'm going to watch that when I go home. It took me like a month or two to do it because that was in October and we're in December. But so that is what I'm watching. And now I cannot decide if I really like like it or if it's just I feel like I'm finally in on what everybody else was talking about but I have kept watching it and I just kind of like keep it on while I'm working or whatever in the background so I am continuing with it I haven't you know given up on it so um yeah so I think I'm gonna say that I'm enjoying it because I'm letting it play there are sometimes when um I like Selena Gomez but there are sometimes where I'm like I wonder who else auditioned for that part <laughs> But uh, anyway, <laughs> I'll just kind of say it like that. Yeah, I may be the only person who doesn't know what that show is. But for, if anyone doesn't, it's basically, this is a terrible summary of it. But it's like three residents at this big complex in New York. They uh, are, a murder happens there at their building. And they are all um, true pride, true crime podcast fans. And they're like, oh no, here's this murder. Let's try to solve it. Let's figure it out. Let's do this podcast. And so... They are kind of a a strange grouping of people to be together. And so I, I do like that part of it. But that's what it's about. And I'm surprised that I, that I am watching it because I don't even like true crime podcasts, mostly because I'm already afraid that like everyone in the grocery store is going to follow me home and unalive me. So, <laughs> so I don't need reminders that people are really out here doing that. So, uh, but yeah, that is what I'm watching now. And I, I'm going to say that I'm into it. Are you still in the first season? Uh, I am in season two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because I didn't, because when I saw her costume, I said, is that going to spoil anything for me? And they were like, not really. And they said, well, not really until season two, but like, I didn't connect it anyway. So, yeah. I still have not watched this show. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it. <laughs> Everybody loves this show, though. Yeah. I mean, it was just mentioned on here like a few weeks ago. I don't remember who. It might have been Danelle or someone. But people just love this show. And I just, I haven't watched it. It's not that I don't want to. It's just for some reason there's like a list of stuff. Right. And that's, I could see why that wouldn't be at the top of 
of your list necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily put it on top of my list, but I only I'm only willing to pay for two streaming platforms, and it's on one of the ones that I'm willing to pay for. So, what's, I'm curious, what's the other one you're willing I to pay, pay for? I, I, I the worst one I pay for Hulu and Netflix, but that's only because I've had those since like forever, and so all these others have popped up around that, and I put that rule in place a long time ago. So. So that's what I'm stuck on. <laughs> I pay for like all of them, but I kind of have to for this podcast. Yeah. I it's a business expense. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is expensive. It is expensive. There's so much that I want to watch. So I'm going to have to like either just binge during those seven day trial periods next year <laughs> or just like break down and do it because there's a lot yeah. that I want to watch. That's what we did. We signed up for Peacock so I could watch the parade on Thanksgiving, and uh, then we binged Poker Face because yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Let's get that in." Well, we've got our like one month. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Peacock is actually really good. I yeah. say Peacock is actually really good, and and just and in case anybody didn't know before I get into my thing that I'm into, um, it was announced this week, and someone did point out maybe. DC is doing this to get out of royalties. I don't know the whole thing. I'm hoping that's not the case here. But if you don't know, Tubi, Tubi is one of the free streaming services. And Tubi actually will have some great stuff on there. Honestly, you have to get over the fact that there are commercials constantly. And it's also the Billy Zane channel. If you want to find almost any Billy Zane movie, just go to Tubi. Um, But Tubi is now going to have DC movies, like DC content. And it was just announced. Like they're going to, I mean, all the, like the newest, the the Batman, you know, the one with Robert Pattinson, they're going to get that too. So people are worried that maybe Tubi is going to stop being free because of this. They haven't said they are, but hopefully they won't because Tubi is one of those few that's like free and really free. And the reason it's free is there's a bazillion ads. <laughs> so, but in case you missed it, Tubi's getting a bunch of DC stuff. So I don't know. What that means with HBO Max and all of that stuff. But anyway, it's all a big mess now. You know, it used to be streaming was a cheaper way and now it's becoming just as much as cable. Well, what I'm into is, and I want to give a shout out to a frequent listener, Panda, who recommended this show. And I wanted to watch it anyway, but I just want to let you know I did finally start watching Fellow Travelers, which is a mini series on Showtime. It stars Matt Bomer, who, if you know me at all, if you've listened at all, you know how much I love Matt Bomer, and so does my podcast, Brain Twin Jen, from my streamy bubble. Um, it also stars Jonathan Bailey, Jelini Aladdin, and Noah J. Rickert, Ricketts, and Allison Williams, and a bunch of other people. Um, those are the main ones. And this one goes back and forth in time from um, the time... With McCarthy, it's a lot about McCarthy and the part of McCarthyism that people didn't talk about as much or that you at least I don't think has been talked about that much and how McCarthy targeted a lot of gay men and women. And it's, I mean, like horrifically because this was also when all that stuff was illegal. So, um, you know, it's about that. And Matt Bomer and Jonathan Bailey are having a relationship and Matt Bomer is like in politics and so is Jonathan Bailey. And um, and then there's also, you know, some other people that are in relationships too. And it's all about trying to be yourself admit amongst the fear of who you are and your identity, making you a target um, for prosecute persecution, for losing your job, for 
jail for um, a lot of people unalive themselves when they were, you know, found out, quote unquote. And then it also jumps forward to the 80s and talks about the AIDS crisis. And it's the same characters in the 80s as well. And so you're following them along. And um, I'm not going to spoil where the characters are in life or anything like that, because I think you should just watch it. But I think it's a really, really important show because you may think, well, why are we talking about this? This was so long ago. Why does it matter? And why do we have to just watch all this tragedy? And I know, I know it's hard when most, when a lot of media wants to focus on the pain in the LGBTQIA plus community. But the reason this is important is this is exactly, exactly what is, what will happen. Honestly, stuff like this is going to happen. And it's already, you know, people are already targeting the trans community. So this is the same kind of playbook as that. So that's why this is important is because this is, we're doomed to repeat this, you know, history, you know, you're doomed to repeat it if you don't learn from it. And this is the exact same thing. So it's not like all of this is a distant past and everybody is free to be themselves because as we all should know, that's not true. And, you know, this coming election is terrifying. The presidential election, all elections right now are terrifying. It's terrifying who we have on the Supreme Court. And that was all because elections are important. And because we had Trump, that's why we have this Supreme Court that we do. And it's just really, really, really scary, really scary time. And that's why I think this show is so important. Um, I think the performances are all really good. I think Jonathan Bailey is absolutely fantastic. Just probably the best performance in the show. And next to him, I think, would be uh, Noah J. Ricketts is fantastic as well. And Matt Bomer is really good. I have a real hard time with his character. And it's – and I understand where his character is coming from because of the time and everything. But he does some things that I'm just like, oh, you're being such an asshole. And this is very – there's a lot of sex. Lots of very, 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 very graphic sex. Doesn't bother me at all, but just letting people know. But there's a lot more going on with it, too. What's the platform again? I think it's Showtime. Yeah, yeah it's Showtime. And it was just nominated for some Golden Globes. Uh, Matt Bomer received a nomination. Jonathan Bailey received a nomination. And it really kind of bugs me, but it's the way it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. But they put Jonathan Bailey in as a supporting actor, and I don't think he's supporting in this, but I think he's lead. Well, um, Jonathan Bailey is not nominated for Golden Globe. That's Critics' Choice Awards that he's nominated for. But Matt Bomer is nominated for a Golden Globe, and it's nominated for Best Television Limited Series uh, for a Golden Globes this year, too, because those nominations just came out. So I do highly, highly recommend it, and I think it's a very, very important show. So, and it's also, I want to say, it's not just showing white people and the effects on white people during this. I want to say I really appreciated that too, that it's not just like, here's some white men, you know, white gay men. So it's not just white men who are being affected and that they show. So I want to point that out too. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, so let's move on now, Bex. So what is one thing in pop culture or fandom that you are upset about, excited about, mixed about? I'm excited about... Good Omens Season 3 being confirmed. <laughs> that was just announced a couple of days ago. Um, I was on Blue Sky and uh, that's where Neil Gaiman posted. That's actually him being there is kind of what like pulled me in that direction. And somebody posted about it and he was he responded and he was just like, yeah, really excited, you know, like super, super thrilled because the end of the second season had such a cliffhanger that the idea of not knowing if there was a third season or not was a little stressful. Gaiman had always said that they had they had it written or they had already started writing it or, or like they, they at least had the plot line planned out for a third season, but they had to have it signed on. And so I guess Amazon uh, renewed it for a third season, which will be the final season. And you know what? I like that, like, keep it, Keep it a relatively low number. We do not need 15 seasons of a show, people. Just putting that out there. Because the stories are so much better told when they have when they know when they're going to end it so that they can know how to end it, right? So yeah, I think I I'm really excited about that. I don't have any idea when it will happen cuz obviously with the strikes there, they certainly weren't in the filming stages yet. And I seem to remember that they were for season two, they were at Comic-Con in New York in 2022. And then it just came out like, was it summer, fall 2023? So uh, there's a lot of like the post-production stuff that will happen. So I don't expect to see it until maybe even 2025, but I'm just to not get my hopes up. But knowing that it's going to happen, Makes me excited. See, that's another one I haven't watched. See, my <laughs> list is so long. <laughs> There's so many things. I mean, people people name things to me all the time, and I'm like, that's awesome. Yes, but I, I don't have time for all of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> Having a podcast where you're covering pop culture and stuff, you would think, you would think that I watch everything. But I just – and even though I I actually do have more time, surprisingly, with, you know, with us only doing like one show or one movie or one artist a week, I still – it's still, you know. I mean, the lucky part is I work from home. So I, you know, I have the TV on usually when I'm working and I'll be watching stuff then. But, you know, sometimes I can't pay attention. So it's like, you know, it's a little bit difficult. And Eshel, what are you excited, upset, mixed about? 
Uh, I'm going to go with something similar to Bex. I'm going to go with uh, the season four announcement for Umbrella Academy. I loved season one of that show. And I mean, it's still been good, but it's just like the magic of season one just like hasn't quite been there. (laughs) But it is their final season. And so same thing, kind of knowing that hopefully they can tie it up and wrap it up, you know, in a way that is that will honor kind of what they've built over there. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. I know that that is a a comic book or a graphic novel is one of the two and I don't know if that's still going or if that has wrapped up either so but that might be something that I'll look at after watching season four um but yeah I think that's what what I'll go with awesome another show I haven't watched yet. <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's we're a well-rounded panel that's what it is so we're putting exactly. all these ideas out for your audience <laughs> yeah i usually have not even heard of most of the stuff that people talk about on here and so i'm always like writing it down <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's the problem that's how the list gets longer right yeah <laughs> exactly yeah well the golden globes are trash okay they are and they've been trash for a long time i you know i'm an awards junkie and so i love awards and i love awards season but the thing the thing is, is the Golden Globes, if you don't know, they divide their motion picture categories into best motion, motion picture drama and then best motion, motion picture musical or comedy. Now, you would think this is a good thing because then, you know, like comedies in general are not are usually not recognized by the Academy. It's very rare that they are because the Academy, you know, it's usually more prestigious, quote unquote, prestigious films. Um, Although, you know, they added the 10 things after the backlash when The Dark Knight wasn't nominated um, as far as 10 Best Picture nominees. But they still go usually for the more, quote unquote, prestigious or dramatic or especially if they're telling a real life story. Those will almost always get nominated. Uh, But the problem is. It's kind of a joke sometimes what does get nominated and then it's amazing what gets left out. So here you have musical or comedy. There is a big musical, in case you haven't heard, coming out on Christmas. If you haven't heard, The Color Purple is coming out on Christmas. That is a musical, and it's huge. It's, um, you know, it's produced by Oprah Winfrey, who, of course, starred in the first, in the one, the Steven Spielberg one, was nominated for an Oscar, all of that. So, you know, you have that. You have, you actually had... Fantasia Barino was nominated for Best Performance by a Female Actor in a Musical or Comedy. So you have, and I think there was actually someone else from Color Purple nominated. So you have people from the cast nominated, but you exclude, yeah, Danielle Brooks is nominated for Best uh, Female Actor in a Supporting Role. And Danielle Brooks is playing the same role that Oprah Winfrey played in the Steven Spielberg version. And so here you have... The actors being nominated from it, it's it's like the it's it would be the only musical nominated in musical or comedy. So I don't know. This category just seems so weird to me, and that seems bizarre that you wouldn't nominate it. But it also is weird because <laughs> the Golden Globes are really like they love stars and they love having celebrities there. And so why wouldn't you want to nominate a film where you're going to have Oprah there? I mean. <laughs> Come on, you're gonna have Oprah there. You're gonna, you're, I mean, that's why they nominate some of these films. Like, that's why they nominate some of the actors because they're like, we wanna have that person here because 
they're so famous and they're going to bring a huge audience. And like, like they nominated Jennifer Lawrence for that No Hard Feelings movie. And that's because it's Jennifer Lawrence and they want Jennifer Lawrence there. And I mean, they're, they're notorious for doing that kind of stuff. So it's just weird to me that you would not nominate the act, an actual musical in musical or comedy. And then also another thing that really bugs me, and I know this is the way the film was submitted, and I wish they hadn't submitted it this way because to me, no. Um, you may remember last week I recommended the movie May, December, which is on Netflix. This is nominated in comedy, musical or comedy. Okay, I know there are some dark humor elements to this movie, but this movie is not a comedy. I'm sorry, but I do not find anything comedic about this movie. And the other ones that were nominated were Air, American Fiction, which I really, really want to see, Barbie, the and The Holdovers, and Poor Things. So those were the ones nominated along with that musical or comedy. And then if you want to know for drama, it was Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and The Zone of Interest. So those are the ones that were nominated. But I don't know. You could have, like, had May, December in drama and then put the color purple in there or taken out. something. I don't know. It just seems weird to me that they excluded that, and I can't really pinpoint why. And they nominated the actors from it. It's so bizarre to me. So... I don't know what I'm exactly complaining about except for category placement and how what a joke the Globes are. And, you know, the Oscars don't necessarily take after the Globes, in case you're wondering. It's a totally different voting body. So I, I don't know. And I haven't seen The Color Purple, of course, because it's not out yet. But I just, I don't know. Well, that was my thing. Like, I get it. The people who do the nominating and stuff, they get the early screeners and this and the awards don't come out until next year and all. But like, it just doesn't seem right that it would even qualify for this year that it should be like, if it hasn't come out by the time you're making the nominations, that seems weird to me, but I'm not really up on the awards like circuit. So I'm, I'm curious. Well, as long as it has a release date in that year, then it is eligible. That's why you'll see so many movies that are like, eligible to be nominated but like you know like uh but you won't get them like yet like new york and la will get them and so as long as it's released in some way before 2024 then it is eligible so you'll see that all the time there'll be always these movies that are nominated but you know people won't see them in like duluth until like january or something you know because i won't see just... them here because they're too damn expensive but <laughs> Well, but, you know, but that's what I mean is the release. But they'll be is, here. Yeah. And a lot of these, though, are also movies that um, because of streaming, streaming has changed things. Like you've got like Killers of the Flower Moon is was in the theater, but it also is on Apple TV. And then you have Maestro, which is the new movie that's directed by Bradley Cooper. And it's about a real life person. This is going to it's supposed to be really good, but it's going to get lots of awards attention because of that. And that one is going to be on Netflix later this month. So even though it's going to be in theaters too. So you've got that going on too. And then you have, you know, the Barbie, Barbie is something that I don't think a lot of people 
when Barbie was announced, saw coming as something that would end up being this huge juggernaut that it ended up being, which I'm really glad it did because I love that movie so much. You know, and so it's no surprise to me that that's nominated, and that'll definitely be nominated in Best Picture. Margot Robbie will be nominated. Ryan Gosling is definitely going to be nominated. So uh, so some of these will definitely carry over. It's just bizarre to me that you have an actual musical and you have a musical comedy and you don't put the musical in there and there's no other musical nominated. I mean, there are musical numbers in Barbie, but Barbie is not a musical, people. So anyway, it's it's a weird complaint, I guess, but it's award season. And I also want to say, why do we have to have Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars again this coming year? Why? 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 That's it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So for our last thing, since this is our final pop culture and fandom news episode for the year, I did. I just thought we'd do something fun, and I just wanted to know. I know both of you have already mentioned things that you're excited for, but I don't know if they're actually coming out next year. But is there one thing, like a book, a movie, a TV show, an album, anything like that, Bex, that's coming out next year that you're super excited about? Yeah, and it caught me by surprise because I didn't know they were making this, and then when I found out about it, I was really excited. Inside Out 2. <laughs> So it's a Pixar movie, right? So animated. It's not coming out until June, but they released a teaser trailer not that long ago, and I just absolutely loved it. They've got a couple. So the the five main emotions, five, four, I don't, five. The five main emotions that they had will be returning Disgust and Fear were formerly voiced by Mindy Kaling and Bill Hader. They're not returning. Instead, it's going to be Lisa LaPera and Tony Hale in those roles. But um, basically, the the human character who all these emotions, these are personifications of her emotions. Um, she's now a teenager, apparently. And so... The one character that they actually have cast now is Anxiety. <laughs> and um, that's being voiced by Maya Hawk. Uh, from, if, for people who don't know by name, is from Stranger Things. And the other characters, I think they're called Ennui, Embarrassment, and Envy, I think, are the, are the other three. They haven't announced any voice actors for that yet. Um, I mean, maybe they have them, but they haven't told us. Uh, I'm just, I'm excited to see what they do with it because I really love the the sort of allegory behind these cat these characters um, in the original version. So, and I, I was an early Pixar junkie, like like the tables at our wedding were like Pixar themed. It was like, oh, you're at the. <laughs> 
you're at the Toy Story table and you're at the, the Cars table and all of that. But in recent years, they've kind of like fallen off for me. I haven't been as into them. But for some reason, I feel like this one, I think they're, they're going to hit it with this one. It's another one I have not seen the original of, but I'm not an animated person. But I, but, um, but yeah, and uh, and also, if you don't know Maya Hawk, that is Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman's daughter as well. If you didn't know, but yeah, yeah, I I, I love Robin in Stranger Things. Yeah, I think she's. I mean, I don't know about this anxiety casting, but I feel like she's going to be able to pull off <laughs> voicing a character so. called Anxiety pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, I would think so. I would think she'd be actually really perfect at, at that. Yeah, I think she's she's a fantastic actress. So, yeah. And Ishel, what are you excited about for next year? I am excited about The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live. I think it's coming next year, but I don't know. They've been lying to me about this return of Rick Grimes for years now. So <laughs> who really knows? Um, but yeah, I got into The Walking Dead right before season two came out. I had never even heard of it before season one. Um, And then I binged all six episodes of that first season um, in one day. And (laughs) it just became like a really big part of my life. There was a whole, like we had Sunday dinners. There was a group of us that got together like every Sunday for years and watched that show. A lot of people dipped out when Rick, we thought died. Well, no, 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 no. We thought he was gonna die, but you know, they didn't. Well, Maybe there's some someone who still hasn't watched it, so I'll just stop talking about that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I but surely, like with all the news about this, they know that he's still around. But anyway, I'm very excited for the return of Rick and Michonne. I've done the the uh, Daryl Dixon like his spinoff, and then the one with Maggie and Negan. I've done that one. Um, I think there is one world like they're like it's like a multiverse now, and there's one that I have not watched, but all the rest of them I've been in on. But this one is the one that I'm most excited about. It might just be a limited series. We might just get that one season, but yeah, that's where that's my big thing for 2024. If it comes out in 24, who who really knows? <laughs> so. Awesome. Is that Fear the Walking Dead that you haven't? That's no. I've done Fear. There's another one, oh, and maybe okay. it is a a version of Fear the Walking Dead. Because you know, some, they'll be like The Walking Dead, and then like something else, and like Fear the Walking Dead somewhere else. And so it's one of those that I haven't seen yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, and someday we'll have to talk about The Walking Dead on here. And that was a show that, you know, I stopped watching it. I can't remember what season I stopped watching it, but it was right. It was before, it was before Negan came on. I did see the episode when Negan and and Glenn and that whole horrible, horrendous scene, but I I can't remember when I did, but, but I, but I was the same way, Ishelle, with the first season because I was really sick. I was homesick or something. And this was before streaming. This was, it was like I was watching it the on demand on Xfinity kind of thing. And I like blazed through and I was addicted to that show. And then I stopped, but, but I've been meaning to put it on our schedule. It just, I just have hesitated. If you cover that, Kim will be very interested. (laughs) And I'm assuming Michelle will be. Oh yeah, for sure. Is she a Walking Dead person? Yes, I believe she still watches. And she actually signed up for a certain streaming service. This is right. I heard an episode where she was talking about that. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. She's talking about how she had to get another streaming service to get the newer seasons or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Well, and I got lucky because like right before it caught on, I, I like comic books and I saw some Walking Dead comic books at the store and I 
didn't really know that it was a show at the time. I was like, these look cool. And so I picked up some when they were like really cheap. Uh, And then later on, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I have this really great thing here. But yeah, so big walking dead head over here. Yeah, we'll have to, I mean, we will have to do that. And I I believe Tiff would want to be on it too. So it might be just the three of you. Because I know, I don't know if Tiff still watches it, but I know Tiff was really, really, really into it too. So Well, I am excited because our uh, vice unofficial mascot, Finn Whitrock, is incredibly busy and has filmed a lot of things. Of course, the one that's coming out, it'll be out in nationwide in January. It's in limited release right now is, um, of course, the movie Origin, which is the latest it's the latest one from Ava DuVernay, and it's like a sweeping film. I don't know too much about it, um, except for it's like it's about – I mean, it's described as the unspoken system that has shaped America and chronicles how lives today are defined by a hierarchy of human divisions, uh, which is a really interesting <laughs> summation, but it's supposed to be fantastic uh, is what I've heard. And so he is in that. He has a role in that. But the one I'm really, really looking forward to is a horror movie that is coming out called Don't Move. And he plays a serial killer and it follows a seasoned killer as he injects a grieving woman with a paralytic agent and she must run, fight and hide before her body shuts down. So this is totally up my alley anyway. And so I'm very, very excited about this. I think Finn does a really, really fantastic job in villain roles. So I'm excited to see him playing a villain. Uh, So that is one that I'm really, really excited about. I'm excited about his other work as well. He's been very, very busy. So I'm excited to see him in anything. Of course, I do think he's actually highly underrated. And I'm not just saying that because I really adore him. I just really think he's underrated as an actor And if you think he is just a good-looking person, he, once again, I'll remind you, he was accepted to Juilliard not once but twice. So, you know, hey. And he's really good on stage. I saw him, Tiff and I saw him on stage. So uh, in 222 Ghost Story. So he's really good live as well. And, of course, you know, we will continue to do Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock next year. We will continue to do that as well. We will probably do some kind of special coverage of the movies that he has coming out, maybe just a live stream only episode with my Finn crew. So we'll see. And then we didn't do it this past year because of the strike, but we will be doing another Finn Whitrock trivia night uh, in October to celebrate his birthday as well. So yes, Finn Whitrock is still the vice unofficial mascot. Remember, if Christian effing Bale ever, ever disappoints us, you won't do that, Christian. But if you ever do, you're done. <laughs> and Finn takes up the title. That ought to keep him in line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would keep me in line. <laughs> That's going to keep him in He's like, I can't disappoint those people. Okay, well, this was a ton of fun. Thank you both so much for joining me to talk to wrap up our year with as far as with pop culture and fandom news goes. We still have next week as well, and we still have our Friday episode. But thank you both so much. 
So I'm going to go around and have my lovely panelists tell me where their podcasts can be found. (laughs) Bex, take it away. All right. So first up, Big Reputations Pod. Uh, It's a podcast I co-host with my friend Kimberly, who is a frequent, well, semi-frequent panelist here on Fandom Thing. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's true for any of these. She does the Instagram at Big Rep Pod. I pretend to do the Twitter but I mostly spend my time on Blue Sky these days. So um, find me over on Blue Sky and then I'll engage a little bit more there. The second one is Coach Beard's Book Club. That's a monthly book club podcast based on books that appear or are mentioned in the show Ted Lasso. And the third one is called Latinx Visions. It's a podcast that I co-host with my colleague at Brute College to talk about Latinx literature, culture, art, community, all sorts of things. And then there's me. Find me on Blue Sky. I think my I think my username is Dr. Bex PhD. Dot all the Blue Sky nonsense that comes after it cuz their handles are not that simple yet. <laughs> yeah, I I need to learn cuz we um our new podcast, you know, my new podcast that I'm co-hosting with Paula and Susie, it's a Dean thing that comes out next year. We're on Blue Sky Social through that because got the invite thing from Paula. And I – it's very it looks very similar to Twitter. In fact, it looks exactly like Twitter. It, it doesn't have <laughs> GIFs or DMs, and those are the two oh, okay. things that I might want from it. But uh, otherwise, yes, it's very similar, which is why I gravitated towards it because I was like, good, I don't have to learn how to do something totally new. (laughs) Yeah, because Twitter is eventually going to combust. Um, Yeah. It's going to. I think what's going to happen is Elon Musk is going to start charging for it. And once that happens, I think a lot of people are going to leave. It's already – I hate Twitter now. It's such a crappy place, but – if anybody wants a Blue Sky invite because you don't have one yet, you can still reach out to me on Instagram, Dr. Beck's fangirl over there, um, and I'll hook you up with a Blue Sky invite. You want that public? That's fine. I've I've got like four of them. Okay. Just just tell people that you heard me say this on It's a Fandom Thing. Yes. Mention that. Like... You know, those people that get discounts for certain things when they mention mention yep. that. Yeah. You have to say that. Or- mention how much you love It's a Fandom Thing, and I will give you a Blue Sky po- uh, code while supplies last. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Bex. So, Ishelle, take it away. Uh, so I co-host uh, Liberty Diner Dish with Ken. Um, I also co-host um, Pink Plate Special with Ken. Um, both of those are one is dedicated to queer as folk and the other is dedicated to any kind of show and movie that features queer characters and experiences. And I, in 2024, will be co-hosting um, Let's Talk About Rex, R-E-C-S. That will be about books, so fiction that focuses on um, queer characters and experiences. Very excited for that one. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Plus, the name of it is just <laughs> perfect. 
Yes, I'm excited about that too. So yay, yay. Uh, we're the three club again. Remember, we're the three club. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Just the thought of having to edit three podcasts just makes me want to pass out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, hopefully, Ken, too, everyone should know I kind of am a curse. I don't know. It's not on purpose. But uh, we haven't decided yet what we're going to do for Queers Folk this coming year in 2024, because as everybody knows, we always do at least one, usually two episodes. And I don't know if we're going to do characters again or a storyline or season. I'm not sure. So stay tuned, though, because I will be posting polls on social media about that. Because those episodes are always popular. I'm very happy they're always popular. Uh, so, but I just um, wanted to let everybody know. I'm not sure yet what that'll be, but stay tuned for more information on that. And this is Aaron. And, you know, you want to follow Fergie because Fergie is a cute dog. And so follow her on TikTok at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. It's long, but it's worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandom thing Click the contact us button there and that'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon supporter today for as little as three bucks a month. You get ad-free content, so stick it to capitalism by paying us <laughs> directly. Um, but you also get bonus episodes like you like uh, the Elf episode that'll maybe be out right at this time um, with Aaron A. We did a bonus of that. And then we're releasing couple months before the regular podcast listeners get to hear it and it'll be an unedited video version our barbie episode that we recorded in september and it's three hours long okay and it's a video and we're dressed as barbies so if you want to see this before anyone else gets to see it and you want to hear it by seeing it but if you want it before everybody else then become a patreon supporter today and on Friday's episode, Bex and Eshel are back, and Tiff is there in spirit. Unfortunately, Tiff was supposed to be here and couldn't make it, but I have Tiff's lists of Christmas music, so we're going to be talking about Christmas music. So get ready to have Christmas songs stuck in your ear. I don't know. Get ready for the holidays. Uh, it's our... It's our. Are you listening, Erin A? Are you listening, Erin A? Because I heard your hot take on Christmas music in the last episode. <laughs> it was so funny. She's just like, I am not going to be there. Like, of all okay. the people I expected that to come from, that was extremely vehemently like anti-Christmas music. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I know. She was just like, I am not going to be there. It was just like, she was just adamant about it. She's like, nope. Uh, love you, Erin. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.